Three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there's that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is jobbing out. I actually thought you guys were going to have it this time. I actually thought you had a real chance of nailing it. Oh, man. (laughs) Welcome in. It is episode number 200,000 of Jobbing Out. And in honor of that, we at Jobbing Out would also like to announce that we are making a donation to Connor's Cure in the amount of $2. So that... I gotta tell you, it's a big moment for us. Uh, we Technically, I've already made more of a donation than that because I've bought some merch. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> right. But we're making an additional donation of two dollars, and that's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna get one of those big cartoon uh, size checks in order to do it because I've always wanted to do that, and that's gonna be how we do it moving forward. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and he is, of course, the main event. Agent. AJ Francis. Vent. Yes. Just go ahead. I'm just Vent. gonna keep talking. You say vent as many times as you like, pal. Vent. You just keep doing it because we've got a lot to do on Vent. this week's show. <laughs> Coming up <laughs> later on, we're gonna chat with you know, it's it's cool. We had locally um here where we are in Maryland or where Aaron and I are anywhere, AJ is down in Florida again. Yeah. Um, but we are basically the home of the first like uh, female ref that the WWE really invested in, in uh, Jessica Carr. And now we're seeing a second get the opportunity. And Aubrey Edwards, who is also known as Girl Hebner, uh, Aaron told us all about her. Aaron said that she was the star of the show at Defy. In fact, if I remember right, Aaron, you said all of the wrestlers sucked ass. Pretty much. Uh, then you said the only the only reason any of the matches were good were the matches she was refing. Right, yeah, but didn't you say that like it was the wrestlers were terrible? The ring announcer might be the shittiest human being in the history of well, humanity. That's a fact. Um, and that basically the entire city of Seattle could burn, and you wouldn't care whatsoever as long as girl Hebner uh, had gotten out in time. Wasn't that something like what you said? It, it was close. I mean, I did like all the fans that bought me beer, but other than them and other than girl Hebner, yes. I thought it was real bullshit what you said because I'm a big Defy guy myself. Uh, everybody knows big that. Big Defy guy over here. Correct. A couple of big Defy guys, and here Aaron was taking mm-hmm. shots at him uh, and just saying terrible, terrible things, whereas AJ and I are known we are defi- we're members of the def- what's the what are the, what are they like defy fans defiance that we are we're members the def- of the defiance we're, we're the defiers yeah we're the defiers we're the we're the deflyers like uh, gritty the mascot that's what we are um but aaron, why is, aaron oh speaking of that mascot why is it the, even going back to the pelicans mascot like why is it impossible for people to make mascots that aren't absolutely terrifying okay I, I don't <laughs> care this guy is magic you guys are this guy he, is everything i can i don't care he's everything i needed in a mascot he's perfect you guys do, suck. do we need more mascots in wrestling 
Yes. yes. Yeah. 100% we need more I mascots. Agree. Who's the last mascot in wrestling? Do you know? I know. Uh, uh, I mean, there was the soaring eagle for Jack Swagger for a while. Well, there's well, uh, hang on. There's nope. what's what's his, what's the what's the bear? Um, in, in, nope. Uh, well, Bernard the business yeah, bear. Bernard the and, business. And nope. Barry the drug free bear. Nope. All right. There, well, okay. TNA had Stomper the kangaroo. Nope. Okay. Uh, you're forgetting Adam Rose's bunny. Well, okay, sure. That's true. Actually, Adam Rose did have the bunny. That's a good point. Did we ever find out like? They never really did anything with that, did it, they? It was we, we knew it was Justin Gabriel underneath it, but no, as far as storyline, we never got yeah, any never resolution really, to yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. All right, uh, but later on in the show, Girl Hebner herself will join us. She has been uh, working. She's been refing at NXT, uh, May Young Classic as well. Clearly, she appears to be moving towards um, where it is that Jessica Carr has been, and so we will chat with her about um, breaking in as a ref, as a, f- a female ref. It's still something that, as part of the uh, evolution, I don't know if you guys, it's a word I just came up with. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a term that I would uh, I would like to make sure that I get credit for moving forward and no one else may use. So you, um, are, cre- you are taking credit for the women's evolution. That's correct. I am and he's taking credit for one of the greatest factions in wrestling history. All of the above. I want credit for, uh, frankly, I also want credit for uh, Charles Darwin. That's what I want. I'm taking credit <laughs> for Darwinism as well. I'm taking credit for all of it. Can uh, we talk about, I always wanted to say this, uh, can we talk about the fact that Evolution, like as far as star power, probably is the greatest faction of all time. Oof. Randy Orton, Randy Orton is no the dog. Least, I, right, I hear you. Randy Orton is the worst person in revolu- in evolution, like star power wise. Uh, I guess oh, you would argue- oh, you're, you're you're counting about outside of wrestling as well. Yeah, all that. Oh, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Okay. Randy Orton is easily in last place because he's not more popular than Triple H. Right. He is very popular. Right, and Triple H he's, is probably third. Yeah. He's he's clearly not more popular than Ric Flair. Right. And I mean, thanks to his WWE career and his acting career now, he's not more popular than Dave Batista. No, there's no doubt right. about that. Dave. And he's arguably top five to ten wrestlers of all time. That's pretty remarkable. That is pretty remarkable when you say it that way. You're no doubt. Um, like, you know, I I was going to argue with you about wrestling factions, but just alone when you consider the impact they've had on pop culture and their significance, yeah, I don't know that I could yeah. make a compelling argument against. Like, I would still – look, the NWO also included, you know, not only Hulk did it include Hogan. Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, but, like, some Hall Everyone. of Fame basketball players were part of that as well. You know what I mean? Hey, like, uh, guess what? Can I give you a little inside info? Yeah, I would love that. This is this in no way is guaranteed right now. Whoa. No way. Whoa. It's possible. Whoa, whoa, It's whoa. possible, but it's no way guaranteed. But at my homie Mike Busey's uh, Halloween weekend party, he has a wrestling event, and I'm going to be on the card for sure. Nice. Okay. But I also might somehow be involved with the NWO. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It's, Dog. it's not it's not written in stone. Dog. Now wait, is is this going to be like the NWO or like, you know, they're gonna fly in Scott Norton or something? <laughs> no, it's Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan. All right. I'm just if you have to do a job for Hulk Hogan. And I'm, do and it. Okay, but like, you know, I, is the culture going to be okay with you doing a job for Hulk Hogan? The thing is, uh, they what, where they would come, they wouldn't do any bumps. They wouldn't be a part of anything. But it would be more like just like 
after my match, I'd have a segment. Wait, but what if, like, you had to let, again, you're, they're not doing any bumps, but you have to let Hulk Hogan kick your ass? Like, what? I if- mean, I mean, as long as I get to dominate the match before, I'll job for Hogan. Are you kidding me? Okay, but I'm not, I know that you should do it in wrestling terms. I'm saying. When you when you start seeing the I, tweets coming, the in. thing is, it's not Terry Bollea coming through the room. Oh right, wait. So which one? Have we, we, we've established. Yeah. This wait, now already. wait a second though. What if they said you have to uh, you have to fondle his uh, a ten inch penis? What if they well, said you well, had to do that? Well, then, damn. Well, then, you know, for the greater glory of wrestling, <laughs> you know, I might have. Wow, to Wow, you really will do the job, man. Look at you. You are. You are. Uh, you are. Uh, you're basically John Cena. I mean, let's just call it <laughs> like it is. John, so I'm more like Brock Lesnar. I show up. Uh, you tell me what to do, and I do it. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, well, if that comes to fruition, sir, we will. Uh, <laughs> hang on. Okay. Would you hand if you had to work with Scott Hall? <laughs> Uh-huh. Would you? I died later to the side? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I would just like to know. I would just like to know if you would bring it up. All right. Um, let's start with Raw, and then we'll get to SmackDown in segment number two. Um, a couple of things that are huge topics coming out of Raw. I guess we'll start with the one that sort of transcended the week's uh, worth of news, and that is uh, Brie Bella deciding to – just kick the ever-loving shit out of Liv Morgan to the point where Liv Morgan suffered a concussion. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? What happened? Um, I don't believe that was like Brie Bella trying to like teach a a, a young wrestler a point, make a point or something like that. I just no. What? What happened was she meant to kick her. I saw it happen because. I had to watch Raw on DVR, so I had already seen Twitter say Brie Bella should be banished from a ring forever before I got to see the show. Yeah. So I came in expecting, like, watching, waiting to see what happened. And what happened was she was doing the yes kicks, and she was doing them a little too high to start. Like, you're supposed to hit in the breast area, and she was hitting, like, right below the neck. And then she hit one that caught Liz on the jaw. Liv on the jaw, sorry. And it kind of folded her. But Bree didn't realize she caught her like that. So when she went to kick again, that's when she kicked her in the skull. So you think it's nothing more than simple? She, it was just an yeah. accident. Yeah, it, it definitely was just an accident. Well, I don't doubt okay. anyone who's. I don't no, doubt dude, that there's it's, no way. No, 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 I understand that. What I'm, I'm in no world do I doubt that it was an accident. Um, I, I guess my concern is there will be people that will reference the fact that Brie Bella is not a very good wrestler. Um, and while she's better than she was once upon a time, I think we all know that Nikki is a far better wrestler than Brie Bella is. And Brie, yep. I don't think has ever yep. caught up with Nikki in that world. I mean, any, anywhere close and the people that argue negligence that it's not, nobody thinks that, that Brie Bella purposely did something like that. But the argument is between simple accident that anyone could make and is excusable versus, this is someone that you really have to question continuing to allow to go into a ring because of their negligence. I think that's the question that that's that's greater here. I, I mean, I think that she definitely it was just a simple mistake, dude. Like, I'm, you know, I just I don't really I don't really think it was in like she has she ever been the greatest wrestler? No, but she's also worked matches at SummerSlam and not hurt anyone. So it's like I feel like that's a little bit of reaction. Because 
if that's the case, why do we allow Sasha to wrestle? Because she literally ended Paige's career. Right, but I think I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think the question becomes: Do you, we have so much trust in other performers that it's easier for us to say, "Hey, look, something happens," right? Like, and things have happened throughout the history of professional wrestling where great performers have made. You know, Seth, Seth Rollins broke Cena's nose and ended Sting's career correct. in a month span. Correct. Both of those. things. That's very impressive, by the way. Uh, it is. It's amazing, right? It's really amazing when you think about it. But we trust Seth Rollins, right? Seth Rollins is a tremendous performer, and frankly, they, they should have never been attempting what they were doing with Sting. Why that was ever something they were allowing? Damn, him to do with you Sting. know what I've just realized? Seth Rollins is a fucking murderer. Um, broke he broke John Cena's nose. Right. He ended Sting's career. He ruined Finn Balor's universal title. Fact. Yeah. All these things are true. <laughs> all of these he things ruined, are true. He ruined his own WWE title reign. Wow. Wow. He's probably you know what? I now that I've thought about it a little bit more, I bet he was the one that took out Aleister Black. Somebody better get <laughs> on that. Somebody plus Think about all the times he just looked at Kevin Nash and then Kevin Nash's quad burst. So, I mean, like, there's all of those things that occurred Nothing as well. Nothing but facts. Um, oh, you do know I'm going to ask Kevin Nash about his quad. Of course you're going to have to ask Kevin Nash about well, his quad. But but he's already ended that with that one tweet. Yeah, no, that was a great like, tweet. No we question. can't bring it up anymore. Great tweet. I, again, I, I, I understand everything you're saying. I guess it comes back to we trust Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins is a good performer, and, and we understand that mistakes happen. I think we're a little bit we have a little bit less slack to give to Brie Bella because she's not a good performer that it's one thing for Seth Rollins to injure somebody it's another thing for someone who is not a good performer to end up hurting (laughs) someone at what point do you say this is this is a risk not worth taking for a performer that's not good enough for us to continue now I get it she's significant and that's the problem I guess that you have like I don't think but you don't have to have her wrestle She's a significant character. She's a significant performer. I don't know if she's a significant wrestler. Especially, look, if you're not, if you weren't going to do the one thing that like you that made sense, if you're not going to do the tag thing with them, and clearly they're not doing that, then I, I, I guess you're right. Um, short of whatever they might want to do as a mixed tag with her and Daniel Bryan again in the future, I, I don't know. I don't know that you need to have Nikki Bella wrestle. Now it's it's difficult. Brie Bella, I'm sorry, Nikki Bella obviously can wrestle. Let me take that back. I don't think that's something that's an easy sell for her. I'm sure that she would be very upset about that, but, you know, you don't even have to make it formal. You might just sort of conveniently say, hey, yeah, well, I guess we didn't really book you as, as many matches after that, did we? Huh. Weird. I don't know. I, I, I just, it's it's a weird spot to be in, I think, because she's a poor performer. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, if she wants to wrestle, she's going to get to wrestle. So Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. If she walks yeah. in and says, yeah, give me a match, they're going to say, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, you're, you're still Brie Bella? Yep, right, correct. Oh, yeah. oh you're, you're, you're still Daniel Bryan's wife yep. and one of the biggest reality stars we have? Yep. Yeah, we'll figure oh, out a way. Own, you have your own clothing brand? Yeah. Oh, you got your own spinoff show along with the show that we gave you? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good, very good. Moving Pretty forward. much. That's the way it's going to work. <laughs> you're right. Oh, you're 100% right about that. You're 100% right. <laughs> Um, the other big storyline from Monday oh, night. Oh, be- before before we move on, there's one more thing I want to bring in. And something that I want to bring up when we talk to Aubrey Edwards is that something went wrong after that match. There, like that match broke down. You saw them. You know, you well, saw Liv Morgan try to get back in the ring afterwards and and try to get involved in that suplex spot. Something went very wrong there. I'm not sure what it was, but it seemed like from the referee to the medical staff down, there was a very big breakdown there. And I- I'm curious to see what comes from that because. That was a really bad scene afterwards. 
Um, yeah, but I think that some of that can be explained by chaos, right? Like, it's right. one thing in a situation where it's a one-on-one match and someone gets hurt. It's easier to convey, hey, look, this is legit. Quickly roll me up and let's move on, right? It's another thing when you're in a three-on-three match. Um, there's a lot of parties involved in that situation. And I, I don't know that you can't easily explain it by saying there's a lot of people that are not on the same page. Oh, and you have a performer who is concussed. Like, that's a lot of people that all have to, on the fly, have to all be working together to try to figure out what it is that you're going to do. Now, it, the answer, it, it doesn't absolve them. They need to have a plan for those situations. They need to have a good mode of communication and how to make sure that they make that work. But when it doesn't, I don't think it's that difficult for us to say, hey, look, we can figure out why when we're talking about a situation where there were eight or so parties involved, it might not be the easiest thing to communicate, you know, while there's also cameras rolling and microphones that are picking up things, what it is that you're trying to do while you're working on the fly. I I agree with you 100%. You know, chaos is the reason. I'm just curious to see might we see some of those procedures changed a little bit in the you know after what we saw yeah i mean maybe but will it ever be easy to do that will there ever be a day where it's easy in a situation where you have six performers in a match a ref medical staff etc and one of them's concussed is there anything you can do that will make that easy in order to pull that off not easy but i i yeah, no, it's definitely not easy, but I do, I do, you know, I, I think we could see a situation where, you know, we get to, WWE specifically lays out guidelines. I'm interested to talk to Aubrey Edwards about, you know, if she's ever dealt with a situation like, like what are refs exactly supposed to do in that situation? I, I'm just fascinated to see that sort of fallout okay. as well. All right. Well, we'll talk about that with Aubrey Edwards. then. very good. Um, okay. Now on to the bigger storyline of the evening, which was WWE teasing the idea of Dean Ambrose turning on the shield, which is interesting because if it's if it was the plan, if the plan at some point was to have Dean Ambrose turn on the shield, it certainly takes away the shock factor. Um, now, somebody might argue there could be no shock factor because literally all of us have been talking about it um, since the shield reunited most recently. But um, an interesting decision to do it that way. And I guess no, I think I think I think that's their way of. I don't think that they have any intention of breaking up. The shield, and if they do, because of how they did it, I think they would honestly use Roman to do it. But, like, I don't think that they would play their hand and then pull the trigger. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think that this is just a way for people, like, people are already thinking it's going to happen. Right. So just pl- play up with that. And then when you figure, when, then, like, play, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And then it, like, makes the shield stronger. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Um, I... I- I, I would be really surprised if they were going to do it to have Roman do it. I mean, you've done all this work to try to have Roman over as a top face to then just throw it that away by making him a huge heel. I'd, whew. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to happen at right, all. Right, um, right. I, I, I find it interesting for a couple of reasons. One, I find it interesting because at some point they did need to address in some way, somehow – the fact that there really wasn't anything for Dean Ambrose to do, right? Like, we've talked about that, you and I, or on this show, that when when you have two other people in the faction that both have titles, um, they're going to be concerned about those titles. And that leaves Dean sort of hanging out. Well, as a wrestler, 
you should be interested in pursuing those titles. Those are the titles that you want. So this this had to kind of be addressed somehow, some way. And so rolling it out the way that they did, I'm actually okay with that because at least they're acknowledging the issue. The issue is you have a faction, but it's a faction made up of people that are kind of looking out for themselves, and in the process, you're left with a guy that doesn't really have anything to do um, he could just continue to look after his boys, but considering what he's accomplished in his career, why would Dean Ambrose be a guy that just wants to look after his boys? So I appreciate the fact that they're addressing it. Um, they also have to push the storyline forward. This is what we were talking about a little bit last week when you're scheduling matches kind of farther in advance. You have to push the storyline forward in order to get to them, and it keeps it fresh and interesting. So I liked it in general. I liked them toying with it. Um, with the only idea being, I, I guess it would have to kind of line up with AJ now. I, I don't think now that you do this and then pull the trigger on Dean turning anytime soon because I just there's no value in that after something like this. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. You don't do this and you don't wrap it up nicely. Now, if you wanted to end the episode with it being a little bit more ambiguous, air, right. okay, you can do that. But the way that they wrapped it up, they, they kind of introduced the storyline and ended the storyline in, in one Monday, which is no, really in, interesting. In, in I fairness. thought one of the first times I can remember them doing that. But yes, I, I don't expect them to turn anybody anytime soon. Now, if you want to say, let's say two, three months from now, you revisit it. Okay, once everyone's kind of calmed down about it and now we don't think it's happening. So you do it as a surprise down the road. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's, I, that, that's also the reason I could see that like. This could be the way to quell it now so that in the future, like, you can – it'll actually be a surprise. I, I agree with you. Keep in mind, this is still professional wrestling, right? Like, the notion yeah. that they can't – Aaron, well, I hear you saying they wrapped it up at the end of the night. Yeah, but would you be surprised at all if they tried to stay with it next week? If they still didn't have Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, like, kind of wink at Dean Ambrose at some point during the show next week? I mean, I that's – they do that. I, it, it wouldn't – yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I do think that – my hunch is they they move on for it at least a little bit. Like you you won't have the same storyline going on with with those backstage segments and stuff. But they they might mention it. But my guess is they simply say, "All right, you're stupid, and because you're stupid, we're gonna have to beat you at in Australia or whatever." Something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. I don't know. Um, I I, I again, I liked all of it. I still, I I guess I come back to. It looks like we're not going to be dealing with the secondary title on Raw for a long time, right? Like, when is the next time that we're going to have a program involving the second most most important championship on Raw? When uh, Dean, I mean, when uh, Seth Rollins drops it. I mean, is that so? That it's going to take that long until we can have another relevant? I mean, I I, I guess right now we're going to do this. Are we going to? Are they going to do something coming out of that for Crown Jewel? I guess they would have the opportunity to at at some point at some point doesn't Dean Ambrose have to turn on the shield like I mean am I missing something like at some point doesn't he have to just to position himself to have an opportunity to do something doesn't that still have to happen at some point <sighs> not necessarily really I, I guess here's 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 the other thing. Let's say Seth drops it to someone random, someone outside of this feud. Baron Corbin puts him in a match, and Elias wins it. Let, let's just say that. Okay. And then you you focus, you do a you more just, pro, prolongated feud between Drew and Dolph and, and Dean, Dean and Seth. Seth. Yeah. 
like if you if you head towards them as a tag team, no, you don't. Okay, yeah, that would be the way that you would go about doing it, sure. But then you would have to have him drop the belt, and when you're not really doing anything with the belt, and we referenced that I don't love them not doing anything with the belt right now, that seems to be a mistake that you're going to go multiple major events without doing anything with the, the secondary title on the show. Um, you got to do something to get it off of him, and it would have to, I guess, be that. But then are you really going to have Seth Rollins loo- drop the belt to someone random and then just move on from it like that? Like, are you just going to have it be like, oh, we lost to Elias. Well, okay, that's enough. I, I don't really care about it that much. I'll just move on and uh, get back to this tag match. Good question. It, it's not a great look, but it's not a great look right now with the belt not and that's And that's sort of where I'm coming from, right? Like, this is why either one of two things either has to continue. Either the belt doesn't matter, and I don't like that, or I feel like Dean has to get away from it because there's nothing, there just isn't anything for him to do. And that's the problem. That's why we always keep talking about this. It, there's, there really is nothing that you can sell that's relevant for, this is Dean Ambrose that we're talking about. This is former, you know, world champion Dean Ambrose. This was number one overall pick of SmackDown in the first draft, Dean Ambrose. And we're talking about him having nothing to do unless you continue to bury the belt or not care about the belt to the point where you could just drop it and not care about it at all once you drop it. Like that doesn't. I mean, seem- but you, you're you're ruling out the fact that they very well could be the tag team champions very soon. No, I understand that, but either either that means that he has to drop the belt and not care about it, or you're carrying all. I mean, I guess if your argument is that you're just having him carry carry all of them for complete domination. No, he could just drop the belt, care about it, and lose the rematch. Like it's not that. You said yeah, you just you, do it in back-to-back weeks on Raw. What'd you say? You're saying you would do that on back-to-back weeks on Raw. Like, he loses on Raw one week and then gets his he rematch. Might, he might lose on Raw one week and then get his rematch at a pay-per-view and lose there and pull double duty. He might lose because he had a tag team match but, to start the show off. But we don't have an opportunity for that to happen on a pay-per-view until November at this point, right? It's... I mean, are you sure he's going to lose the Intercontinental title very soon? Oh no, I'm not sure of it at all. That, that's, that's the that's problem, what, right? That's the problem that I'm talking about. What I'm my, saying is, my, my point being is they're they're all in on the this. We're the workhorses of WWE, which I'm fine with. But like, if all them have titles, the if they have all the titles on Raw, that would prove that even more. Right. So what you're saying is there's a scenario by which he could have both both have the Intercontinental title and the tag titles. Yes. Right. And that I I would get. It would still. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say that at a pay per view, you could defend both of them. Um, it's a tough ask, but I, I guess you could do it that way. Well, you, you could do it in you know the he defends it. Uh, if anyone pins in, they become the tag champ, and the uh, you you can yeah, you can do, do it, it that way. Match, yeah. But again, almost by default, then one of the two titles is most likely going to take a backseat to the other. That's just usually how it works when someone yeah. carries multiple titles. Typically, yeah, typically the way that it works. Again, look, this is a this is a good problem. I'm not. This is not the end of the world. I'm not. I don't want to make too much of a big deal of this, but I, I just don't ever like a scenario where you're. We've created a picture in which almost certainly you will go from August. When was SummerSlam? Was the the third weekend of August, right? Yeah. Um, to Crown Jewel at the earliest, which is November, without having a significant IC title defense. Right. I mean, is that? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a long time to go without 
you're the secondary match on or, the, or a belt on your your show having a a major defense. I'm like that's that just seems like a mistake. That's that's all. It just seems like a mistake. Um. Okay. What else from Raw? Uh. Well, we gotta ask. Oh yeah. Who had who had the best match on Raw this week, fellas? Um. You know, I. There's one answer. To me, there's one answer. Okay, then then why are we doing this? The the, the tag titles. That's Dolph what I figured. Yeah, against I mean, the right. revival. That's definitely not the answer that I had. Okay. Oh really? The main I event. That See, I, I actually mean, I love that match too, but the main event was greater than so. It's real funny that you said that. This is why when you both said there's one match, I thought both of them were totally qualified candidates, and I couldn't. Yeah, believe I don't. I wouldn't. I, w- I don't hate you for saying it's the first match, but I definitely think that the main event was a better match. I actually might line up with AJ this time. All right. um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to argue too much. I just thought that seeing the revival get to be the revival, you know, get to be the yeah, revival. That was, that was storytelling NXT revival. I loved it. Yes. And like, that was the first time since they've been on the main roster that we got to see the revival. Yeah. And, wrestle and maybe that's the revival. Maybe part of the issue is we just love the revival so much. And we've been so pissed about what it is they've been doing with them that we just, God bless you actually doing something. Yeah. Um, I probably will still line up with AJ. I'll still probably go that, with the main That's event. fine. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. All right. Update. All right, well, while you guys move on to the next topic, and I'll adjust the, the ratings. Okay. Um, and we should talk about the tag title match, though, because it was great. It was great, and um, tag t- title matches should be great matches. Um, you, you should have great storytelling and guys that are throwing everything at it and trying to get make it believable that they could win the match. And as absurd of a concept as the Revival winning the tag titles on Monday night was, during the course of that match, they they did a lot to make it seem as though it was plausible. And that's everything that you're asking for. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I, it, it was it was great. And then just it, one of the things that's... I mean, it's not frustrating. I don't know what you do with the Revival because clearly you want to... You know, you're going to keep the tag titles with Dolphin Drew. They're going to be continuing the feud with the Shield... And if I don't know where the revival goes from here, uh, I mean, unfortunately, I think we do know where the revival goes from here. Well, yeah, that's what I guess. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not that I don't know where they go. I, but I don't like where that, they're about to go. I think this shows that once the Shield wins the titles from uh, Dolphin Drew, that the she- the revival will be the next team up. I really do believe that. I guess the authors of pain would be the other obvious choice. I, I did like seeing them in the main event. Yeah, uh, that was that was good too. I could also see a situation in which uh, the like if they do go with the shield breakup, that the authors of pain are the ones that take it off Drew and Dolph, and that starts their split. Um, you know that's heels and heels, right? Like, I, I'm okay with it. I have no problem with that, but I. I would rather it not be heels and heels, you know what I mean? I would rather it be that that, that you, you, you know. Um, yep. But it's the Authors of Pain, right? Like, so it, at some point, I do think the authors, authors of Pain also have the ability to kind of still go wherever you want them to go. I, I While they're heels because they're monsters, I think within their characters, they could have a Braun Strowman quality. Exactly. You could, that was what I, what I was thinking. Yeah, and so you could get them over as faces just because, holy shit, they're cool, and you can watch the amazing things they could do if you so chose to go that direction. So right. if that's the way that you want to go, then I wouldn't have a problem with that necessarily. 
in general, I do prefer my monsters to be heels. I just I think that works out better. But um, I get it, and I think if you want to go that way, you can go that way. But um, I don't know. I just love the authors of pain, so fuck it. You know what I mean? Like whatever you want to do, that's that's fine. Do it. Do and and it. I love the fact that they're finding ways to use them. They're not just like, oh crap, what do we do with them? Let's put them in another jobber match. It's all right. We don't have to keep them right in the tag picture. We can put them in the main event. We can do these various things with them. Finally, wisely using people yeah. on the roster. Absolutely, absolutely, man. No doubt. No doubt. And I finally have uh, adjusted the ratings. Okay. After thirty-eight weeks. Roman Reigns is 12, 25, and 1. Uh, he moves back into second place, overcoming Finn Balor, who is in third, with 11 wins, 8 on our weighted scale, which, once again, the weighted scale is anytime you are in a match that's not a singles match, you get 0.5 for being match of the week. So Roman Reigns now has 12 wins with 8 on the weighted scale and second place, and Seth Rollins has 16 wins with 12 on the weighted scale. So Seth Rollins, yeah. if he just took his weighted scale, would still be in first place over everyone. And uh, is getting closer to uh, to icing the title as we uh, move towards Not, October. Yeah, it's looking like the only people with a realistic chance of catching him would be Roman and Finn, and they'd have to have a, yeah, a phenomenal a hell of a stretch, yeah, here. no doubt, no doubt. All One right. more thing about Raw real quick before yes. we move to SmackDown. In the first hour, we had matches or segments where they were promoting uh, Super Showdown, Crown Jewel, uh, Evolution, and the Mixed Match Challenge. Are they trying to serve too many masters here? I tried talking nope. about this last week. <laughs> I mean, I, this nope. It's 2018, bro. Everything is right now satisfaction. Everything is what's but, next, but, what's hot, what's but, there. But, in a, but I, AJ, I think that argument works for what you're saying, which is I think that people – struggle to tell me about crown jewel when we get the crown jewel you know what i mean like i i i i just don't think that far in advance i think about what's coming up now um i think that's the world i think it's difficult to 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 so so just so we're clear the guy who always bitches and complains <laughs> about about how they don't build enough stories i, up I the want the wwe He's to have a plan now he wants them to not <laughs> no, no, no. talk about no, 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 no. until you're, you're right so, before you're, 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 you're the you're, fucking no you're worst. not you're combining two things I want them to have a plan. I want the WWE to have a long-term plan as to what they're doing. I want them to be thinking about things well, they months do. in they're, advance. They're booking four shows at once right. on the I don't need them I... to tell me what they're doing four months in advance. I want them to do it. That's the difference. The difference is so often it really does feel like they're doing something. They had Kevin Owens quit. It doesn't seem like they really had a great plan. They came back a week later and they sort of tied it together, right? Like I want them to have a plan when they do these things. I don't need them to give me the plan for the next six months. I don't need them to sell me on things for the next six months. But I want them to have the plan, and that's always the point that I've made. I want them to know what they're doing. I want them to be thinking big picture about a lot of these topics, to be working towards a build for whatever the WrestleMania main event is going to be, you know, starting to sow some seeds now, moving towards that. But that doesn't mean that I want them selling me WrestleMania today. I don't need to know the WrestleMania main event right now, I need them to know what the WrestleMania main event is going to be. Those are two different things that I'm talking about. Now, it is a unique circumstance. And all of these events are different enough. I think it would be a mistake. Like, right now, what do we know about the Crown Jewel card? Just Brock Lesnar, right? The main event. Well, there's not going to be a championship match between now and then. Which I also, you know, think is not... the You know, I, you know me. I would rather have the championship being fought for and contested and defended and all of those things. So, I don't love that. 
But that's the only thing that we. I do want to bet you money that the championship is defended before then. Uh, maybe there's a match on Raw, something like that. There's not. Yeah, going to, that's why I know. Right. That's what I'm there's, saying. There's not going to be a match at a pay-per-view event. No. There are two other major events coming up where there isn't a match for the title. So the only thing they're really selling us on with Crown Jewel right now is that's the next major championship match, right? And yep. I'm, I'm okay with them selling that as a reminder of, hey, we know there is still a championship, and despite the fact that you're going to see nothing related to that championship on this show, we know it exists, we're dealing with it, it's out there. So I can live with them promoting that part of Crown Jewel. Now, if they were still giving us, if they were giving us the entire card right now for Crown Jewel, I would not love that. But the fact that they're just promoting a championship match because we know we're not getting one like that between now and then, I don't really have beef with that. Um, you know, you guys know how I feel about the uh, the Triple H thing and the the Shawn Michaels thing. So that's what it is. But just to promote a single championship match that exists because we're not getting one before then, I mean, I, I, I kind of think that's actually smart. I kind of think you kind of have to do that to remind everybody that the championship does exist and we are doing something with it. We're just not doing it for a little while because we'll get paid more to do it then. <laughs> sort of what it is. Sort of what it is. By the way, the, uh, the Key and Peele meme um, that everybody's uh, been, been yeah. hit is the, the WWE version of it is magic. Um, if you guys haven't seen the WWE version, it's like all of the other pay-per-views and then, uh, they get to crown jewel and that's the one that he's like kissing on the face. It's, it's just wonderful. It's, it's very good. Pretty great. All right. Uh, when we come back in, uh, we will talk SmackDown. Uh, we don't know what happened at the end of SmackDown. We don't know if it's still going on right now. Couldn't tell you, but we'll talk about it more. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron and he's the main event. AJ Francis. This is jobbing out. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army Reserve, it is a core value, a value that brings together a variety of people from across the nation to answer the call to serve. Serving part-time in the U.S. Army Reserve means earning the respect of your community and your nation, all while pursuing your career and educational goals and staying close to home. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may qualify to earn up to $20,000 in bonuses when you join. To see if you qualify, visit GoArmy.com slash reserve or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Every time I think The Miz couldn't be a bigger heel, he proves that he can be by taking away the greatest talk show in the history, not just of the WWE, in the history of television. Quick dance segment. Oh, nobody's on camera, so nobody can see what just happened there, but I definitely was participating. Yeah, I was dancing too. Oh, back in here for segment number two of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and the main event, AJ Francis. Uh, so much to discuss from SmackDown this week. Uh, I guess because we played Carmella's music, let's just start with that. Um, God, first bless. of all, the first thing we need to talk about is, God damn, how good did she look? Well, I I don't know why they did that with her hair, but I uh, 
I don't know why they didn't do it before. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they they had to do it to show she's a face now. Is that blonde what... Carmella is the yeah, heel? Okay. Brunette Carmella is the face. My God. Oh my God. She. That. Hey, look. So so she posted a picture on Twitter on the Twitter machine, and uh, she said, uh, "Let me let me pull it up so that I don't mess this up." Uh, she said, and I quote, "New ha- new hair." Who dis? <laughs> right? Okay. To which I responded, oh, sorry, it's new her. New who dis. Okay. To which I responded, new look is money. Which she, being a former member of the Jobbing Out show, yes. Retweeted, and that retweet went stupid, dumb ham. She has so many damn followers. Well, I believe that. She's yes. uh but she's but the reason why I brought all this up is just to point out that god damn how good did she look. Yeah, she looks incredible. Uh everything about her and our truth is pure magic. And this is the problem, right? Um I did not they watch They can never separate. This that's the issue, right? Like I did not watch the mixed match challenge this <laughs> week. What happened? Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Did nobody watched it? I don't no. watch I told you I don't watch on Facebook. Uh I gotta find out. I'm really nervous. They just lost. Like I'm really nervous. They well, just... but but it's it's not single elimination. So even if they oh, lost, oh the okay, they again. can keep going. Okay, or they never mind. It's 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 round robin. They did. They made one mistake though. They should not be the fabulous truth when Armella was on the board. Yeah, I don't know. I like Armella. Uh, I'm a big fan of Armella, but I do like the fabulous truth. Uh, hang on. Where is where the where are the results? Why don't they have results on this thing? Jesus Christ. All right, I'll find out in a second what happened with that. But, uh, and, yeah, they still don't know. Uh, look, the moral of the story is they can never never be separated because they're perfect. And I also, I'll go back to what I said before. There should Miz, abs- Miz and Asuka beat. Uh, I, I mean, they should, or, they should because they're Miz and Asuka. They shouldn't be losing. Yes. But um, they're, they're really, And their team name is Asuka. Which is tremendous as well, yes. Um they they really should be introducing a mixed tag belt. I don't know why this is why do so much with mixed tag matches and not throw in a mixed tag belt just to bring more credibility to it, just to make it all that much more interesting. I am so for these ma- using your performers in ways that make sense and credibly having these people work together why really does it make sense for our truth and our carmela to work together well it only makes sense in the concept of the mix max challenge unless you had belts in which case it makes sense to continue this forever and to forever have them be a team and for us all to reap the benefits of it because they're perfect because they're goddamn wonderful and i also just realized that our truth might legitimately be 50 years old and holy shit, could he look any better? He will be the reason why I will take back everything I said about whether or not I want 50-year-olds to wrestle. I want our truth to wrestle forever. May he have a match with The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia next year. Here, here. I mean, no, no one's going to argue that. <laughs> no, I'm all Legit- for Legitimately, how old is our truth, though? Like, legitimately? 46. Jesus Christ. He's, he's, what, three years younger than Triple That's H? Really- and he looks... He wrestles like he's 30 years it's younger than Triple H. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. God bless him. God bless him. By the way, I'm also, I think everyone should have to defend their shows in matches. Oh, I think yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, too. I saw you tweet that. That is a really good idea. I'm in favor of that as well. All right. Um, so at the end of the show, 
Uh, they did the old Amy Winehouse fade to black bit. Oh, he, she was back to black. Who was fade to black? Fade to black. That's the Rolling Stones. Was, uh, did they have a fade to black? Yeah. No, they were painted black, right? It was uh, no Metallica. Fade Metallica. Fade to black. Was, thank you, Metallica. Yeah. There we go. Uh, I, I, here's the only issue that I had with that entire segment, right? AJ Styles looked like kind of a boob for sitting there saying, Samoa Joe, don't do it, man. Instead of like calling 911, right? Like, he kind of. Well, they, they did acknowledge he didn't have his phone on him. Why he didn't run to the back? I don't right. know. Yeah, but. like maybe doing something that could actually help in the situation, right? Like, he looked kind of like a boob in that moment, didn't he? I don't think so. Really? I think, I mean, if, if we're pretending that's a real life situation, wouldn't you want to see how it. When you don't have your phone and you're in a completely different city across the country, wouldn't you want to see what happened? Yeah, but I would also I, like... I'd grab a phone from the front row. Yeah, somebody nearby has got to have a phone. Like, somebody nearby, let's call... Now, I get it, it's wrestling, and I have to be willing to suspend disbelief to some point. I understand that. But I do feel like in the process, him just sitting there kind of pleading and not really doing anything, like, at no point did they acknowledge that Samoa Joe could even hear him. Um... I don't know. It just it kind of made him look like a boob to me. That's all. That's all. That's it. Otherwise, I thought the segment was tremendous. I mean, Samoa Joe is going to be your next WWE champion. He has to be. You effing better be. What? You know, I, I said it last week. I don't know. I don't know. How dumb is that? That's so- I'm not saying it's smart. I'm just saying there's a lot. When, when you go that extreme where... A, you know, we don't know exactly what Joe did, but I assume presumably he'll he'll end up saying, no, I didn't actually go in the house. That was just taunting. Um, a lot of time, that's so he gets the bigger comeuppance. So, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. I, I don't like it even a little bit. Um, I think the way they did it is perfect. I think it's perfect because it lays out a scenario where Samoa Joe could still just present that he's playing mind games. And, again, Samoa Joe has been dominant. He has owned this. He has been... It's almost been one-sided how much he has dominated AJ Styles, both mentally and considering he legitimately won the match that they had. How does that... What's that? I said, I know, he won the match. So how does that... that, How could any of that lead to him not winning the belt? He's got... it's so How could it not have led to him winning the belt when he won the match? Man, I hear you. I hear you. You're not wrong. He didn't I... win the match. He lost the match while winning the match. Right. Eh, the whole bit. The whole bit. Look, man, he absolutely should win the match. He's been brilliant. He's been incredible. He should get the belt. It's better for everybody. As we keep talking about it, gives AJ an opportunity to chase for a little bit. He gets the belt back, and you go into whatever you're doing from there. But Samoa Joe should 100% be champion He's been perfect. Perfect. Like, if you want to say that this is – I'll make the direct comparison. We all said that Shinsuke should have won the belt, right? We all agreed with that. We all thought that at some point you should have had Shinsuke win the belt at some point during that that program that they worked together forever, right? Yes. Okay. That was more what we thought about Shinsuke Nakamura and was more about we thought he kind of needed that, that you couldn't – you couldn't have him go that long after you had him win the Royal Rumble, after all the things that you've done with him. You couldn't have him go that far without winning that match because at some point you, you end up building him as a guy that can't win a big one, right? 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't really about what he had done in the program. Because, again, in the program, he was kind of weak. Now, in part, that's because of his language barrier, right? Like, we have to accept that. But within the program itself, there was never a point at which we thought he was dominating AJ Styles or that he had clearly gotten to AJ Styles' head or anything yeah. along those lines. This, this is an utterly different story. When this started, I didn't think Samoa Joe needed a belt. Um, in fact, I thought Samoa Joe was kind of good filler, right? Like, you could use Samoa Joe to get you to wherever you were going next. Samoa Joe is very credible, but he's not a guy that needs the belt. He's not a guy that's that's going to have a 10-year run uh, as a main eventer in WWE. He's a guy that's here for now, mostly on the tail end of his pro wrestling career. This is about simply what's happened within the storyline. It's the exact opposite of the Shinsuke Nakamura situation, which is the story that you have told, I just don't think you can credibly rap without Samoa Joe beating AJ Styles, winning the belt, and having AJ Styles then sort of you know, recalculate, get his life back together, and then come back out and end up on top afterwards. I mean... I don't think, I think this is, if I had to bet money what's going to happen, I think this is all leading to AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, and WrestleMania for the WWE title. And I think it's the way you get there is you have Samoa Joe be the one that beats AJ Styles. You have Daniel Bryan be the one that beats Samoa Joe. And then you have AJ Styles win the Royal Rumble. Do you have AJ Styles as a heel then? Like because of what, because of what Samoa Joe did to him. He breaks. He breaks. So, That'd be fun. so again, that that's that it leaves us with two things. One, because let's be honest, like AJ Styles, AJ Styles is the only person who crowd wise on at the stage of WrestleMania, even as a heel, could have just as many people on his side as Daniel Bryan. Um, arguably, arguably could. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Again, that would take us away from, you know, what we talked about last week and the idea that, that it seems like you should be having Daniel Bryan in the we, Miz. No, we? I, we talked about it. That doesn't mean we? that you agreed. Just because I said we talked about we? it doesn't mean that you agreed with it. I'm not saying you agreed with it. I'm no, saying we talked not about gonna, it. I don't understand why you guys are still hung up on this. They will not give us a match at WrestleMania that they gave us three times in the summer. What? I was just... I said they're not going to give us a match at WrestleMania. What? They gave us. Three they, I mean, they they did that with Daniel Bryan. I mean, oh. granted they added Batista to the match as well, but literally it was Daniel Bryan faces Randy Orton three times, loses all three times, and then he gets the title match at yeah, WrestleMania. A, yeah, and it's a completely different match because it's a triple threat match. My point is they're not. They gave us. They gave us Daniel Bryan versus The Miz at SummerSlam. Wait, what about they what about us, Orton versus Bray Wyatt? What? Yeah, they Orton, did do Orton and Bray Wyatt. That was like the fifth time they, you know, yeah, that, they had yeah, but that, was, but that, was, that was different. That was after they joined forces and then he left them. That's a whole different thing. Do you think that's going to happen with Miz and Daniel Bryan? No, no I doubt they joined forces. That's what my point remains. Yeah, but I saw that they can tell a different they're, story. They're not, if they're enemies, then they had a match at SummerSlam and then they're going to have a match at Crown Jewel and they had a mixed tag match in between with their wives. I don't think we're going to get to see that match again at WrestleMania. I just don't. Well, I'll uh, look, I don't want to do this again because we're going to end up spending 30 minutes <laughs> on it. And we're just going to yell at each other the entire time. Although maybe some people enjoy that more because some people tell me that they just enjoy it when we yell at each other. 
Um, but ultimately, I guess my answer would be I, I still think they can tell a better story and they can still make it credible and it's better than anything else they can do. But I'm intrigued. I'm certainly intrigued by the scenario that you present. I think that's... In- the day after WrestleMania, what match did we get on SmackDown that was interrupted and never finished? Daniel Bryan versus right. AJ Styles. Oh, I hear you. It's mm-hmm. intriguing. It's definitely intriguing. Did we ever man. get a chance to see that again? No, you're right. It's intriguing. I'm with you. I'm with you that Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles is intriguing. Um, and more intriguing if you have AJ Styles be a heel. And, I, I you know, it, in a perfect world, you have Daniel Bryan. And the craziest part is, for those two, you really don't even need to do the heel. You don't have to, but I think it's better. I think it's better because you still get... Now, I guess it depends on what you're doing. The way that you're doing it, not necessarily. Because the way that you're doing it is AJ Styles at that point would be chasing Daniel Bryan. So at that point, you wouldn't necessarily need it that way. If AJ Styles is the champion, then I think it's better with him as a heel and Daniel Bryan as a face because it creates more of a you know a, a moment. If Daniel Bryan were to win the title at WrestleMania against a heel AJ Styles, I like that better. But in the scenario that you're presenting, where it's just we're making a dream match, that's all we're doing here. Uh, much like what we, the way that they sold us on AJ Styles Nakamura last year, root for whoever yep. the f that you want to root for. We're just giving you a match that you really want and is tremendous and is going to bring the house down. Then no, it doesn't really matter if they do a face or a heel in that situation. You're right. Yeah, and the more important thing is, oh my God. Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the WWE title at WrestleMania. Right, I get, I get what you're selling. Again, I'm not. Nobody's saying. <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Nobody's saying it's bad. What a match! Right, nobody's saying it's bad, dude. I'm, you know, I hear you on all of that. Um, yeah. interesting, interesting to see where they go with that. But I, 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 either way, there's no scenario where I'm okay with it without Samoa Joe winning the belt. I'm just, I'm just not. Samoa Joe needs to win the belt. It's he is, it, it's too good. The story is too much for Samoa Joe. He needs to win the belt at one point and let AJ Styles either do what you know the thing that you're talking about where it breaks him and he becomes a heel, or he resets, he gets his life back in order. You know, he maybe takes a couple weeks, spends some time with his family, comes back refreshed, ready to be the guy again. Something along those lines. Yeah. One of those two scenarios. They need to do that with AJ Styles um, coming out of this, and Samoa Joe has to win the belt in order to accomplish And the that. thing that makes it better is Samoa Joe is the perfect person on SmackDown right now to be the monster that Daniel Bryan has to con- conquer, you know? Uh, yeah, it's a good fit. It's definitely a good fit. There's no doubt about that. Um, it's a great fit. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything's great about it. They just got to pull the trigger on it. Right, and I get it. I understand what you're saying, Aaron, which is they've clearly shown a reluctance to do it, and that's stupid because they, they, they've done the work. You've done all the work. Yep. Now do the thing that makes sense after all of the work that you've done. Like, it doesn't seem that hard. Uh, what else do we need to cover for SmackDown? Randy Orton hates Ty Dillinger for some reason. I mean, I don't know why, but I like it. I mean, I think, I think we know that pivots back to Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Like, that's just Randy Orton hates everyone. And so right. that's going to pivot back to Shinsuke Nakamura. I guess the issue right now is no. That Randy Orton hates people that the that his whole thing with Jeff Hardy was that the people cheer him and love him, you know, and they're trying to get you know. I mean, the, even though the ten chants are dead now, at one point it was like the most annoying thing in wrestling. So that was like, Ty Dillinger's sixth match on SmackDown. How did he even pay attention to know that the fans loved him? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a point. But you can also just ignore everything I'm saying and just realize that Ty Dillinger is, when he's facing Randy Orton, that's a way to get those 10 chants back, you ass. 
<laughs> well, look, I'm all for more Randy Orton and Ty Dillinger, but again, we're going to do the same thing that we've been dealing with. What, what are you doing with Shinsuke Nakamura and with your secondary belt? They have a secondary belt problem right now in WWE. If you're not pivoting this back, and I guess it makes more sense because I was about to bring up, it, it, it would be weird to have monster heel Randy Orton versus Shinsuke Nakamura, who you spent so much time trying to make a heel for, or a heel out of, and then don't really seem to have a plan after that. So that wouldn't make a ton of sense. I guess you could just abandon ship on Shinsuke Nakamura, try to make him popular again, go back to the, the music without lyrics, and you know we're all inclined to like Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't think any of us are going to have a problem cheering him again. Um, but it just seems weird to do it right now. Or you're pivoting Randy Orton into a program with Ty Dillinger. All good. I like anything that involves more Ty Dillinger because I love me some Ty Dillinger. But still, what the fuck are you doing with Shinsuke Nakamura? Like, what are you doing with your secondary I, I, I think belt? it's only a matter of time after they after the Rusev comes up out on top over Aiden English. I think that that you go with. Uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev, I think, is what they're going to do. I'm in favor of that. I guess I would say I'm, I'd be in favor of doing that now and not wasting because money. because Rusev, even though he was a face when he won the title in like storyline, he really wasn't. He was supposed to be a heel. He's just a heel everybody loved. Now you can do the Rusev chasing Shinsuke for the belt thing. I think that would be really good. Okay, and I guess in that scenario, what happens is you have Lana turn on Rusev next week with this Milwaukee video. Like, even, I, I don't think it's going to be her cheating on Rusev, but might be the, her speaking backstage to Aiden English about, you know, whatever it is, trying to break up Rusev Day, something. It, it, and that's the scenario in which Rusev comes out of that as the top face. Boy, how great would it be if they somehow swerved all this back to just getting rid of Lana and having it be Rusev with Aiden English again? Oh my That'd God. be wonderful. Oh, that would just be so perfect. By the way, did, did you see the birthday cake my daughter made me? No. No. It said happy. It was a. It was the Bulgarian flag with Happy Rusev Day on oh, it. That is. That is amazing. Daughter of the year. <laughs> That's a ten. Yeah. It's really goddamn great. Uh, did you have a birthday recently? Uh, it's this weekend, but oh, she weekend. did it for me early. I feel bad about not knowing that, but you didn't wish me a happy birthday, so fuck you. So I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, happy birthday. Uh, and you got an anniversary right around uh, – no, that was over the summer. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. How old are you turning, Aaron? Too old. Too old. 32. You old fuck. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, raise your hand if you're in your 20s. Go eat a dick. Eat the biggest. Eat Hawk Hogan's dick. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, I don't even remember my 20s at this point. My God. All right. Um, anyway, moving forward. How actually? Like, what are you? You're not even like. You're still twenty. Oh, are you still twenty eight? Yeah, that's what I thought. God damn it! Jesus. You suck. I God turned twenty nine in uh, May. You but, suck. Oh. Uh, yeah, life's good. But uh, what, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, can Sheamus and Big E fight forever? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd be in favor of it. <laughs> I'd be in favor of that entirely. It's really. Does great. anybody in the WWE take a bro kick better than Big E? No. No, but no, I mean, in fairness, not everybody's. Built he literally like took it square on the jaw. Right, but not everybody's built like Big E either. In fairness, True. it's a little bit easier for a guy who's built like that to be able to take it square the way that he does. Uh, you're right. You're right. It's tremendous. I oh, let me go, let me go back to the hangout because I don't want to just move pa- blow past the Milwaukee thing and, and Lana and Rusev. Um, what is your what is your prediction as to what happens next week? Uh, they had a show in Milwaukee recently, probably. And. And I think that 
he'll probably just like show like them talking backstage and her saying how he doesn't they don't want them to be together like okay she wants it to be just him and rusev right i mean her and rusev so like that'll be the big reveal so do you really do you won't. think the way that i just laid it out that there's a scenario by which rusev just turns on lana and and he's he's a no nah, i think it'll be more of aiden i don't really care okay all right, that would be a bummer. That would like, be a, that would be like a real disappointment. Aiden, my, like Aiden, this is my wife. Yeah, if she didn't want she didn't want you around. Then I probably I should have listened to her. Blah 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 blah. And that's how Rusev is super face. That'd be kind of a massive letdown. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and, I mean, and, clear, clearly, it's that uh, I think Tommaso lives in uh, in Milwaukee, so clearly it has something to do with Tommaso. So I'm all for that. Are you setting a scenario where the the attack that occurred in Orlando actually occurred in Milwaukee, and it was Tommaso working with Lana to attack Aleister Black? Exactly. Yes. Brilliant. That is I mean, fucking brilliant, man. That would be an unbelievable strategy. All right. Uh, what else do we have to cover from SmackDown? Uh, you got to look at uh, the. I mean, what do you guys think about? What do you got? What do you guys? By the way, about? hang on. This is this is a perfect place for you to beat up Aaron for him trying to pretend like they weren't trying to make Becky Lynch a complete heel. Like, oh that, yeah, yeah. yeah I was, that was going to be my next point. It's like, what do you what do you think about the fact that uh, Becky Lynch is still a babyface, Aaron? I mean, is she really she- all? I well here's I honestly I still oh think that they hold on hold on they had her attack Charlotte backstage you asshole they're Stone clearly... Cold Steve Austin constantly beat up people backstage I think they're trying to make her Stone Cold I do I think they're trying to make her Stone Cold I think they're trying to make her Stone Cold well, they so this is the second time she's attacked Charlotte from behind Stone and Cold still always not a heel? Stone Cold always attacked people from behind always. He would jump out of the crowd and spin them around and stunner them. Like. Oh, my God, Aaron. Uh, she's a heel, Aaron. That's fine. Then, then they need, they, she needs to, they need to have her cheat to win. They need to have her go all in on that. She's I, I, I literally mean, yeah. attacked people. She in, attacked in the middle of a photo shoot. In disguise. Right. In the crowd while she was taking a picture with a child, Aaron. look at look at the match. Look at the match she had. Was there oh was there anything God. heelish in the match? Hold dude, on, no, dude, no. Answer dude, the question. Dude, she faced Lana. Dude, was there dude, anything heelish in that match? Dude, you're doing a bit a real whataboutism right now. Oh. Well, no, 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 real, no, no. You're, 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 you're if, ignoring. If, if they want to make her super heel, did, why are they not she, going okay. all in on it? What they, did Sheamus? What did Sheamus do that was? I don't think they want Sheamus to be super my like the number one heel in the division. I don't think they want Sheamus as that. They in in this world they want Becky as the number one heel in the division, and they're not doing that work. No, they are. They are doing that work. You're just trying You're to ignore it. They're absolutely doing that work. They're having her take out Charlotte Flair backstage now. And then and then once she gets to the ring, she's not. And I'm I'm just wondering wh- why not? Why isn't she cheating? Why isn't she being vicious in the ring? Because why she doesn't is she have not, Why are to. they not going all in with it? Because that's they- all. What, what? Okay. What did she need to do? What? I, I, I'm so confused as to what you want more for her to do in the ring. I want her. I want her to do. I mean, I want her to cheat. I want her to be vicious. I want her to try to break bones and injure people. I want her to and attacking do Charlotte other wrestle Flair, like she has been attacking Charlotte backstage. Isn't her trying to injure somebody? Attacking Charlotte in disguise in the crowd is not her trying to injure someone. 
Charlotte hasn't been injured yet. All right, Aaron. Right. Now like, they could like they could a, be doing they Greg, could be doing more no, to make her could they? No, no, no. I'm just I'm over this conversation. You're you're intentionally ignoring things that are in front of your I'm face. I'm not intentionally. So you're I'm ignoring the fact it. that they could they could they or could they not be doing more to make her heal? I mean, they could have her kill someone. You're right. That yes. doesn't mean that they haven't. But Aaron, you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that everything that they have they, done, everything that they've done, has been to try to portray Becky as a heel. Every effort they put in has been. Then they need to do more because it's not working. No, that no, she this attacked is, Charlotte after it, the match. This is the part that you're getting to. It's that is the bigger. The attacked bigger, her after the right, match. But the bigger, the bigger problem. You're right. Is that it's not working to get the crowd over. That's the problem. That's the, true. That's that absolutely is fact. But it has nothing to do with what they're doing. Everything they're doing. I think if they went all, like, they did whatever they could. They had her cheating. They had her be despicable in the ring. You, you they had her the injure Charlotte whether, and take her Aaron, out and have Aaron, her send you're her creating a scenario. I think there's a chance. Aaron, okay. Aaron, she was in the crowd in a disguise and grabbed Charlotte's hair from behind to attack her while Charlotte was taking a selfie with a five-year-old. Right. If that's not her being a super asshole heel, nothing is. They uh, hang on. This week they had her for no reason at all. Backstage, where that's 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 someone's safe space. That's their work environment. <laughs> that's the safe space. Just hanging out, doing a photo shoot, and for no effing reason at all. She's a dick. She's a dick. She's an anti-hero. She's not a face. She's not a face. If I've said she's a face, by the way, she's not a face. But, but you, you know, you're conflating I two problems. Think- you're conflating two things. They've done the work. The problem is it's not working. That's, I think they could do more. I think they could no, be doing more. There's no difference. You're saying that Steve Stevenson was okay with Becky Lynch attacking Charlotte Flair while she's standing by a child, but wouldn't be okay if she was a little bit rougher in a match with Naomi. That's dumb. That's dumb. That's a dumb take. There is no difference right now. The crowd is not going to buy into Becky Lynch as a heel. They need to accept that and work from there. The problem isn't they're not doing it enough. There's no way that right now all that somebody's waiting for is, well, if you would just be a little bit more aggressive with Naomi, well, then we'd boo you. You know, like the problem is you're being too nice. Fuck that. It's we're rooting for Becky. We don't care what you do. We don't care what she says. We don't care anything. We've decided we're rooting for Becky. Deal with it. And they can adapt to that. They can do whatever they want to do with that. But it's not because they're failing or because they're secretly trying to keep her as a face or some shit like that. They've done everything. They've got a crowd who's saying, we don't care. This is what we're doing. Deal with it. And And Aaron, let's not forget, this is the same exact argument you you and this idiot Glenn tried to talk about. Uh, You and I were just agreeing, so I'm really glad. For Roman Reigns. I appreciate it. When Roman Reigns literally had to defend his fucking WWE title in the Royal Rumble. And people said they didn't do enough work to make him the babyface. Fuck out of here, dog. Now, hang on a second. I'm pretty sure that I defended Roman Reigns and said that he shouldn't be getting booed. I, d- I don't know where you've created a scenario where I didn't do that. Pretty sure that I was defensive of that and said that he shouldn't be booed. But all that being said, yeah, I mean, look, this is dumb. This is a dumb take. This is a really silly take. They, they need to figure out what they're going to do because it's clear they're throwing the kitchen sink at this thing right now, and it ain't working. 
um, when you literally, just for absolutely zero reason, have the person who's already the champion, already the goddamn champion, just go start attacking the, the, the people backstage, and you can't get people to boo, you're done. There's, not, you, there's nothing you can do. Being more aggressive. Not, has, not only has the audacity to attack them backstage, yeah. but then steals their time for the photo shoot. Yeah, like, that is take, true, too. That's a good point. Thank pictures you. pictures standing over them with right. the belt. That's like, also a good point. That's a great point. You ain't doing anything. There's nothing you're doing that's going to get It's You just have to abandon ship. Either one, you could just not care. Pretend like it doesn't. It, it, it's, it's non-existent. And just continue going with it and, and see what happens. Or you and have Aaron, to. Aaron, here's the thing. You might be end up like. She might end up being the anti-hero face type thing a couple months from now if they're still cheering her in WWE's like, yeah, fuck it, let's just run with it. But as of right now, they've done literally all they need to do to say that this woman is a heel. And the crowd just doesn't care. Um, all that seems accurate. Yeah, what, what do you have to say for yourself? Look, I, I've, I've presented my argument is that I feel all I say is they could do more. They're not doing more. I'm wondering why they're not doing oh, more. For God's sake. And, and that's all. So, all right. That, that's my thoughts. There you go. That's, that's, you that's so what Aaron much. was just saying. When we come back in, girl Hebner herself, Aubrey Edwards, is going to join us. She's uh, trying to follow in the path of uh, Jessica Carr and uh, successfully so far has been refing at NXT and the Mae Young Classic and, uh, of course, out at Defy. And so we will come back in and chat with her next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron and he's. The main event. Aaron's the worst. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Kevin Eck looks at Raven superstar Terrell Suggs and how he still sizzles now in his 16th season in Baltimore. Plus, Simon Hathamarium introduces you to the newest Flacco on the Baltimore sports scene. That's Towson Tigers quarterback Tom Flacco. And Bo Smolka profiles new Ravens receiver John Brown. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition and the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Back in here for segment number three of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And, of course, the main event. AJ Francis. And uh, Aaron went out a couple weekends ago to Seattle. And when he came back, he said, Guys, Seattle is a cesspool. It's the worst place I've ever... <laughs> no, that's not what he said. He said, I really enjoyed myself at Defy, but um, there was one particular performer that stuck out the most to me. And I was like, what, Randy Myers? I mean, come on, you come back. Everybody knows Randy Myers. He's like, no, it was a ref. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? What kind of weirdo goes and watches wrestling and comes back and raves about the ref. And he was like, dude, you got to see her, man. Like, she just has a presence. And we've been watching her on NXT and doing the Mae Young Classic. And he sure is hell right about that. You've known her as Girl Hebner. But more importantly, she's Aubrey Edwards. And she joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Aubrey, it's so good to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time for us this week. Likewise, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, I mean, like, have you gotten that before where people come, like, watch a wrestling show and they're like, all I can do, the, like, all I was watching was you. Like, for whatever reason, I just, I'm, I'm caught. I'm stuck. I can't help it. I'm watching the ref. Uh, not necessarily to, like, that degree. So, uh, so you're saying Aaron's a, a psychopath is what you're saying. Weird. A little, a little bit. Weird. I mean, those aren't the Weird. words I'd Weird. use, but... Um, <laughs> No, I've definitely had people um, 
say something before like oh yeah you were great and i'm like well you're you're not paying for me you're paying for the guys in the ring like you watch them <laughs> right right and it's hard because as a ref like my job is to not be noticed until it's absolutely necessary for me to be noticed so like you shouldn't be watching me until someone goes for pin and then all of a sudden i'm there right like that's the desire for what my role sort of is in a match. So in a way... So it's still like, like still to, to this day, it's still very weird and people are like, oh, you were great. And I'm like, oh, uh, really? Why? Okay. <laughs> so actually... You know, you know what's funny is I, I've really uh, always equated the ref to like the offensive line in the sense that like yes. you're, you're incredibly vital, but nobody gives a damn unless you don't do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic comparison, actually. <laughs> well, I was actually going to say, I think what just we just realized here is that Aaron actually wasn't complimenting you. I think he was actually yeah, saying so, then that you were doing a terrible job because he noticed I, you so I, much. I, I, so I was just this saying, is, you're, you're pulling a Shawn Michaels. You're trying I'll to steal that. the show. You're taking everyone's spotlight. Yeah. But no, seriously, when I, when I was there and I was watching it, and, and I don't normally watch the ref, and I'm actually very much of that mindset that if I notice the ref, typically there's a problem. But everything you were doing, you were doing in order to enhance the talent around you. And I thought that was just its something that you don't see from refs very often. And it was awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that, man. And I listened to it a while back. And I'm like, oh, it's so kind. Like, check them out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the first nice thing a girl's ever said to Aaron. So uh, oh, we got to <laughs> – his wife doesn't say things that nice to him. So we got we to gotta really settle down here. Hey, Aubrey, this, this run that you've been on recently and getting the opportunity yeah. to get involved with NXT and with the Mae Young Classic, like, are you sort of just pinching yourself right now? Um, realizing how special this is, these opportunities that you've had of late? So it still kind of doesn't feel real. Like I was watching um, the third episode, which was the, showed the first match that I did and for, uh, for the Mae Young Classic, and I'm just kind of sitting there like, this is all totally Photoshopped, right? Like I wasn't there. And then Michael Cole says my name, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's her. Oh, my God, it's me. Like, it didn't really click until that moment that everything actually happened. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's still very unreal to me, like, the fact that I can go on the network, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm there for all eternity. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's very, um, very fortunate. It was, it was a very humbling experience, uh, and I've, I've learned an incredible amount in a very short amount of time. I was going to say – oh, go ahead, AJ. I, I was, I was going to say I, I need to know before we go any further who's responsible for the name Girl Hebner. <laughs> so uh, my home promotion is 321 Battle. Uh, it's a smaller, like, underground wrestling in Seattle. And mm-hmm. it's, it's more Shout of a comedy mix. persuasion. Say that again. You say? Oh, he was I just giving out the Miggs. Yeah, we know Steve Miggs. He's our buddy, so we just giving him. Yeah, some so love. Steve yeah. Miggs is our, our commissioner, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're not familiar with three two one battle, like our closest comparison is probably Hood Slam down in Oakland, but it's very over the top, very uh, comical, lots of jokes, kind of more of the the comedy style. Uh, I mean, there's still like very legit wrestling and some really great matches, but our focus is kind of more on the let's make wrestling weird sort of a thing. So when I was originally training and preparing for a debut, I'm like, I need a name, and I want something that sticks with what kind of the brand is. And uh, I was sitting there with a friend one day just, like, talking, and he kind of, like, turns to the side thinking and then looks at me and goes, go Hebner. I'm like, okay, well, discussion's over. Like, I'm not going to come up with anything better than that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, the conversation does kind of end there, right? Like, yep, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. sometimes, yeah. You're, sometimes yeah, let your me first try to come up with something thing. better. Like, no. Right. <laughs> now, you you had said uh, short time, and you've only been uh, in the business pretty short time, right? My first match was July 7th of last year. Holy crap. Yeah. So how, yeah, how does that happen then, that you, you <laughs> rise this quickly through the ranks? What's it all been like? Say that again. I just, what's it been like? You know, it's been 14 months now, and you're already on the mixed match challenge, or no, the uh, May Young Classic, and you're on WWE TV. Which, what, what's it been like? It's, I mean, it's unreal. Um, I, it's, it's commonly said like being even on the radar is insane, right? Because there's such a big company and there's so much wrestling around the U.S that for them to even know I exist was like, whoa, this is really weird, let alone be out there and, like, do some uh, work for NXT, do the May Young Classic. Like, it's, I don't think anyone, let alone me, like, expected, I didn't expect this at all. And on top of that, like, no one expected it this fast, right? But at the end of the day, like, I was talking to Steve Miggs about this yesterday, um, I'm, I'm very much a, when I invest in something and decide I want to do something, I go 100%. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to practice. I'm going to be the best ref I can for 3-2-1 battle. And essentially what happened is, a um, little backstory, my background's in classical ballet, so I danced for about 20 years, and I retired right around the time that I started refing. So my whole thing with dance was you learn more from different teachers, you learn from doing different styles, you learn from taking different classes. So I just approached graphing the same way, where as soon as I felt like I had a little bit of confidence under my belt, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go see if I can work this promotion, and I'm going to work this promotion and work this promotion. So I started working, like, a lot really fast, um, and especially because Seattle is sort of – Seattle's been growing a lot on the wrestling scene recently, so there yeah. wasn't a lot, and now there's just a lot of shit. So it's, it's great. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely a, like, I was just going to be happy to even be on a show, and now I'm at, like, I think the last count I was at, like, 260 matches. I'm so sick of this. You know, it's the same old story. A classically trained ballet performer goes to WWE, becomes a professional wrestler. My God, I mean, it's just the most overplayed trope I think that I've ever heard in the history of ever. I mean, God, can we come it's up with something overdone. original for it's a change? overdone. Jesus Christ. You went from Aubrey yeah. Edwards is with us on jobbing out. You how? <laughs> you just kind of blew past that part, right? Like we need to deal with this. You retired <laughs> from ballet. And right. you said, well the next logical move obviously is to go become a professional wrestling referee. Everybody does that. Like what? I mean, don't you have that thought when you wake up in the morning? Yeah, I, um <laughs> You're going to have to explain that no, one a little so, bit more. All right. So kind of what happened, um, um, try and keep this sort of short, um, I was really involved with a lot of the uh, local dance organizations. I was involved with a nonprofit. Um, I was dancing probably like 20 hours a week, working on performances, running a dance company. I was super, super involved with it. And there was just a lot of personal stuff that happened. Uh, I mean, my dance does a number on your body and – like my, my feet will never be the same. And it was just getting to the point where I couldn't physically dance anymore. I probably could, but not to the level that I was, which was like, if I can't be, you know, where I am, it's going to be really hard to be any less. So, you know, I'm getting older, 
let's just kind of cut this out. Um, and this was May of last year. And like leave, leaving that major part of my life, because, you know, I've been dancing like longer than I haven't been dancing. Uh, it, it, I like, I fell into a deep depression, like super bad. Everything was terrible. I did not realize how much being in front of a crowd and performing like really did for me and making me happy. And then literally the timing of it was perfect where, uh, the senior referee at three, two, one battle came to me because I, I was already friends with the guys on the show. I was watching the shows every two weeks, so they knew me. Um, and he came to me and he says, Hey, we're, we're looking for more refs. We feel you'd be a great culture fit for our room. Uh, why don't you come and try out? I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll, I'll go. It'll be fun. Um, and I go, and it's like, it's one of those things, like, you watch a lot of wrestling, and you kind of think, like, oh, yeah, no, it totally makes sense, right? Like, they know exactly what they're doing. But then the first time standing behind people and trying to react to what they're doing when you can't see their faces and when all of the other things that come with wrestling that you just kind of accepted, like crowd reactions and facial expressions and all of this kind of stuff, when you, that's lost. And it, it felt very like, oh, my God, what the hell am I doing? How did I get here? Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, like, it, it was so bad. It was like, I, I literally afterwards, I'm like, this is, why am I even doing this? Why did I even try? I don't understand. Wow. Uh, but the they told me, like, hey, you know, we see potential. You should keep training and there's a chance we could put you on the show if we see enough growth and I'm like okay and then two months later I was on my first show and then kind of everything fell out after that wow that's crazy so were you always a wrestling fan uh actually no um I got into it it's gonna be a fun story uh I got into it at Wrestlemania 27 which was uh the Miz and John Cena as the main event yep uh I got into it because I had a bunch of friends who watched wrestling as kids. And that was the WrestleMania where The Rock and Stone Cold were coming back. And everyone's like, guys, The Rock and Stone Cold are coming back. We should totally watch this. And like, we put together prop bets. We treated it like the Super Bowl. Um, and I don't know anything. Like, The Undertaker's coming out, and I'm like, who's The Undertaker? And I'm on like Wikipedia trying to figure out who this guy is, right? <laughs> <laughs> and in hindsight, I'm like, I, I can't believe this, right? Like, um, but... Essentially, what, what happened is that like, I watched it. It was cool, great. Um, and my husband kept watching it. Like he, That was the thing that got him back into it. So he kept watching. And then I come home from work one day, and he's like, hey, I need you to watch this thing because it's really cool. And it was the CM Punk pipe bomb. And I watched it, and in that moment, I'm like, wrestling is so much bigger than I thought it was. There is so much here that is story that I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. I don't know where this is going. There's so much passion behind it. And it's like, that's when it clicked for me that wrestling is just another form of storytelling. And from that one, I've been hooked. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. That's so cool. That's That's so cool, man. It's funny because, like, I've told this story on Java Now before. Like, um, the reason I am back in such a mark and I watch wrestling every week and I go to indie shows and I go to May. I went to the first May Young classic and all these things is because Aaron on Twitter in 2011 convinced me to watch the Royal rumble. And I hadn't watched wrestling in five or six years at that point. And the yeah. Royal rumble was always my favorite pay-per-view and I watched it and it hooked me right back in. It's funny how that happens, right? That like, you don't know what's going to be the thing but something is like 
like we tell people that when we're putting on shows, like you don't know if this is the first match that anyone's ever seen. This may or may not be the thing that gets someone into wrestling. And you kind of have to treat it like that every time because there are so, there's so much wrestling out there and there's so many new fans that are finally discovering how awesome wrestling is that we all sort of kind of need to keep that mindset a little bit. Like this is new to a lot of people. Like we've all been Mm -hmm. considering like, it it says a little weird saying that I haven't been watching wrestling this long, but we've all been fans for a long time. We know the product, but there are so many new people coming in experiencing things for the first time. And just like the great Christopher Wallace once said, you treat everything like it's your first project. He's dying to get a Biggie reference in. He was dying to get a Biggie reference. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Hey, uh, have you created any – like do you have any relationship? So Jessica Carr obviously um, has been involved with WWE now for a little while. She's from our neck of the woods. She was uh, at uh, MCW here in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Have you talked to her? Have you reached out to her and – and, you know, I, I, obviously there's a, an easy connection that we would assume uh, when it comes to the two of you, but is she somebody that you've had any sort of relationship with? Yeah, I actually uh, reached out to her early in my career um, through recommendation of a friend who was like, you know, she's new at this, you're new at this, you guys should probably connect in some way. So we did, and, like, she was giving me all this advice, she was watching my tape, like, she she was doing more for me than like she ever, ever needed to. Like even giving me the time, I think I had like three matches at that point. Like even giving me the time of day, I was so, so grateful for everything. And we've, we've sort of stayed in touch a little bit since then. And obviously a lot recently, um, having, having gotten the chance to finally work with her. But she's amazing. And seeing her growth as a ref in the last year, because it's very different than wrestling, right? Like there's, there's an entirely different mindset you kind of have to, Aubrey, are you there? Smoothly, oh. she did. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, we lost you there for a second. Go ahead. What What point did you lose me at? You were just talking about a different mindset. Yeah, so it, she's, she was wrestling for a long time uh, and then making the transition to wrestling and being as successful as she has with it. Like, there's obviously not a lot of women that do this. So having somebody basically representing us in the role at the biggest company, it's like, Okay, this is this is really cool. She's breaking a lot of barriers for a lot of people right now. It's awesome. Uh, there's you know, no, yeah, go th- ahead. Th- you you kind of brought that up, and and she was a wrestler, and so many of the refs now start as wrestlers, transition into refs. You started as a ref. Kind of what's what's the big difference there? Do you feel uh, between those two paths? <laughs> like it's hard to say because I don't have a wrestling background, so it's hard to compare the two, but. I've noticed that places where, like, say, I struggle with is um, I know what things look like, but I may not necessarily know the names move. So a lot of times the most, this is, this is what it is. And I'm like, okay, let me pull up YouTube and look that up real hmm. quick. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Um, and maybe that's just, you know, I haven't been in this business for very long. Maybe that's, like, something you just pick up if you're training as a wrestler. I've gotten obviously I've gotten much better over time. Like the more and more I learn, learn more from every match. But I, I'd say that's what I would guess is probably the biggest difference. Not having wrestling training prior. She is Aubrey Edwards, and it's it's incredible. What a cool story! Like just your whole story is so cool, man. Like this is just awesome, and it's awesome to see the success you're having. Uh, what's next? What's on the horizon for you? Where are we going to be seeing you next? 
Oh, boy. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff in Seattle sort of lined up. I've got uh, 321 Battle is where you can primarily see me. We've got shows coming up uh, every two weeks on Friday. If you're not local to Seattle, you can catch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash 321battle. Uh, I work with Defy. I'll be down uh, at Defy in Portland in November. I work with West Coast Wrestling Connection in Salem, Oregon. I'll be down there in October. I'm kind of all over. Like, if you're in the... Uh, Canada, Washington, Oregon region, and at a wrestling show, you'll probably see me. Awesome. Awesome. And hopefully more in WWE in the future, too. We're hoping for that. What can we... Uh, Fingers crossed, man. What can we plug for you? Uh, social media-wise, website, anything? Yeah, social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ref Aubrey. All right, let me make sure I get that out, because just unfortunately, Aubrey, we're cutting out just a little bit. It's at Ref Aubrey. Uh, Aubrey with Correct. an E is how you follow her on all social media. Aubrey, uh, really love this conversation. This was so much fun. Congratulations on everything that you've been doing. We'd love to do this again down the road, and thank you for taking the time for us this week. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. This was a blast. Very cool. Uh, normally, Aaron uh, only books awful guests and brings nothing to the table, but he actually did something well that time. Uh, that was a great guest. It happens every now and then. For once. Yeah, right? Nice of you to do to, to add something for a change. I appreciate that. Is, uh, of course. Uh, Aubrey Edwards was great, and uh, good for her. That's a very, very cool story. All right, uh, let's wind down for the week. Some stuff we haven't had the opportunity to chat about that we probably should. Aaron, let's go off the reservation to start it off. Uh, big event for Ring of Honor this weekend. Yeah, Ring of Honor is having their pay-per-view. It's uh, in Vegas in the uh, the bigger uh, arena. They're moving uh, onto the Strip now, moving from Sam's Town Hall or whatever it was called. But, um, you know, it's an interesting card. They're at T-Mobile? Uh, no, not, not at T-Mobile. Like, uh, it, it's one of it's the one connected to the MGM Grand. Oh, okay. MGM Garden yeah. Arena, I guess, is what... Yeah, yeah, it's like the secondary one. I don't know. It's, it's either way. It's, it's a big, It's I think it's an 8,000-seat venue, something like that. So it's a bigger arena. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, main event's cool. It's Jay Lethal against Will Ospreay. It's Again, not going to suck. Yeah, pretty good. Um, the I guess the co-main event would be it's it's a 10-man tag with Bullet Club versus Chaos. The reason that's interesting is uh, New Japan's doing a big storyline right now where uh, Gato, who is the booker and everything, but he's always been the, the second man for Okada. You guys, you know, whenever you see an, uh, an Okada match, you see him there. Way, this is at the or, tr- it's at the Orleans Arena, which is it is a bigger room. It's like a nine thousand seat room. That's where they do the West Coast Conference basketball tournament every year. Aha. Uh-huh. So. Um. Anyways, but Gato turned on Okada to join Jay White, so that they're going to kind of tap into that. So that that's kind of an interesting cross uh, promotional storyline there. You also, run down you have Briscoes versus The Addiction, which is going to be great. Punishment Martinez versus Chris Sabin. Uh, I think Tennille Dashwood's finally going to take the Women of Honor title here as she faces Sumi Sakai. Okay. Uh, Jushin, Th- Jushin Thunder Liger is making an appearance to face Kenny King, and then you have uh, Flip Gordon how, and Colt Cabana against Bully is, Ray and Silas Young. How old is Jushin Liger? Oh, he's forever old. He's like 55, I yeah, think, he's honestly. Yeah, I think you're right about that. He's actually, 53. He's, 53. Okay, still. Uh, but he is Jushin Liger. And he's Liger. still awesome. Yeah, he's fair. Jushin Thunder That's fine. Liger. That's fine. Uh, all right. Well, very cool. And that's is uh, so. That's is that Friday night or Saturday night? That's Friday night. And then they do have a TV taping Saturday, Saturday as night. well. Okay. Very good. Um, ratings for Raw this week not very good. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, this was the first like really big Monday Night Football game of the year. Like right. the first one that had like a lot of juice because you had Fitz Magic 
Um, uh-huh. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything they've had going on. So I, I think, I think it's okay. It was a really terrible rating. I think it, it was the worst ever. Yeah, I think it's okay to say because we know how interesting the football game was this week. I think it's okay to say this is unique to the football game. Um, we always know. We do. We talked every year when we get to this time. They're going to deal with this during football season. Um, some weeks it's not going to be game. Wait, 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 wait. Aaron said it was the worst ever. Well, worst of the modern era, yes. Like of the of – the, hold on. Let me see the exact number. It was worst how exactly they worded it. Lowest uh, lowest viewership ever. Do, do, do. Totally. Yeah, they're, they're saying no, 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 ever, ever. Since since it was WWE Raw. So since nineteen ninety three. Yes. No fucking way. That's what's. It's, well, that actually makes sense. When remember nineteen ninety three, there were so many fewer TV options that you could pull numbers like basically doing anything at that point so that part isn't all that stunning to me um i did not think about this and a couple people brought up the fact that also and and i I do not know i don't know human beings who watch the big bang theory but they're a boatload that do which is amazing to me because i don't know a single one of that's not true oh yeah i forgot about that this was the season premiere of the final season of the big bang theory and and that's the other it it, was not just that season all the season it's premiere week so they were going against a lot of competition um, there's also a theory that's been floated around that they kind of knew that this was going to be the case this week because of everything that was going on, and that's why they did the prolonged Connor's Cure segment this week is because they were sort of saying, hey, we know. Like, we, we know what we're up against this particular week. Uh, we want to do something like this. If there was ever a week to do it, we'll do it this week, and we'll hope. Um, okay, quick question. I'm going to ask this for a poll for uh, all of our listeners as well as you two, okay? Yeah. Um. Am I, I watched Raw on, on DVR. Am I a terrible person that I fast-forwarded through all that Connor's Cure? Kind of, yeah. You're kind of a, t- oh, a, a human 100%. garbage. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would say you are. Yeah, Even kinda. though I've actually donated to Connor's Cure. You, do- you bought a t-shirt. You did- <laughs> No, I donated money to Connor's Cure when, uh, when we would do the chops. Other people would donate the money and you would hit them. Yeah, I donated their money for them. You know what? I'm actually with AJ on this one. I think in a way what he's doing is more noble, frankly. So, there we go. So, um, look, I, I understand why you did, um, but you are kind of a bad person for doing it. I mean, I get it. But I think that's what – look, they accepted this is a brutal week for us. There, there, were, there were over 12 million people watching a football game. Apparently, there were over 12 million people watching the effing Big Bang Theory on Monday night as well, which, I, again, I don't get it, but whatever. That's what it is. Big Bang Theory is great. Okay. If you say so, I don't know anybody who watches It's not my thing. I'm not, this isn't me saying it's terrible. I don't watch it. I don't know. It's not my thing. That's all. Um, but they sort of sat back and said, okay, um, we'll, throw, we'll throw it out this week. Um, we'll accept it. It's what it is. If there was a week for us to do the Connor's Cure thing and give it a little bit more time and then hope that that gets a little bit more play online during the course of the week and we get a few more attaboys as the week goes on from people that wouldn't otherwise care about wrestling, we'll live. And if if people tuned out of Raw at that point and never tuned back in because they flipped over to football or they flipped over to something else, again... They're terrible people. They are. They're wretched, 
awful, awful people, and thankfully none of us would ever do anything like that. Uh, nope. We, we were all glued to it, as you know. Um, Aaron pointed out to me before the show, yes, it is It is still terribly, terribly weird when they do the thing where at the beginning of the show, Stephanie and Triple H are vicious heels, and in the middle of the show, they're the nicest human beings on the face of the planet, and at the end of the show, they're vicious heels again. It's it's a strange, strange bit that they do, but they've done it for long enough that I feel like we're basically wasting breath when we talk about it at this point. It's just going to be that way. I've never got it. I don't think it makes all that much sense, but that's who they are, and that's what they're going to do, and so we kind of just have to suck it up and deal with it. Um, and then finally, I thought this was an interesting uh, comment. Charlotte Flair was asked in an interview, uh, I, and i I got to be honest with you, I don't know who the interview was with, uh, but it was transcribed by Cage Side Seats. It was with someone named Alex McCarthy promoting the video game. Uh, Alex McCarthy works for uh, Give Me Sport. Uh, that's in... It's a it's somewhere overseas. That's what it is. It's an overseas interview. So she did an overseas interview, and she was asked about whether she would rather face a legend at Evolution, or what it assume we assume she's going to do, which is to face Becky Lynch. She says, "I don't. It's not that I don't dream about wrestling Trish or Lita, but with the current storyline with Becky Lynch and I being so heated, it means that much more. It's not like." oh, there's just this match that's going to be thrown out on the card because it would be exciting. What makes it exciting is the storyline behind it. You see these two best friends competing for the top place and then Becky evolving. So it's not that I wouldn't want to, but it's all about the story. And I bring that up because fuck you, AJ. Fuck you for making us seem like we're bad people because we like the storyline. Because fucking A, (laughs) so does Charlotte Flair. Eat shit, asshole. First things first. <laughs> Charlotte Flair is an angel. <laughs> Second thing, fuck you. Okay, I never once said that storylines don't make can't make things better. But what I have said is that if the match itself is great, I don't give a fuck how we got there. I would rather have. A great match that they threw up, threw together that night, then a storyline that's perfect storyline for nine months end up in a shitty match at the end. Uh. So fuck you and fuck <laughs> anybody that doesn't understand that. Shout out Charlotte Flair. Oh man, I felt really good about that. I felt really, really good about that. All right, let's get the plugs in. Uh, AJ, start with you. What does everybody need to be checking out? Yeah, you can um. Check out all my social media at AJ Francis 410 on Twitter and Instagram. Really just uh, out in Florida, chilling, relaxing. When you guys are going to come visit me, man? Uh, you know what? I actually, I, th- I'm, it's glad, I'm glad you're back because my wife and I had talked about, I have a weekend where I'm actually off in November and we are maybe inclined to make a rundown. I'll talk to you about that a little bit more, but we, it's like the first weekend of November. Uh, and I was holding out because I didn't know what was going on with you. We actually had a conversation about it. Where I was like, well, what if AJ gets signed the week before? Do like we still go down? Is that just – are we like kind of – That's why you book Southwest. Because we can just always bail on it. That's a good point. Or just you know use it to go some other time. Yeah. Yep, right. That might be the play. That might be the play. But I'll talk to you more about it. We are there's – a, there's a first weekend. I thought I was going to have soccer, but as it turns out, I don't. So I am free the first weekend of November. So we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be talking to you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I got um, I got a couple things coming out musically. 
um, soon. I got, I've still got my Frank Style Friday videos I post every Friday. Um, you know, I got, I will be, I will have a match at uh, the Sausage Castle Halloween party, so October 26th to 28th. I'm actually getting a, a, a new kind of reality show on. So my buddy Mike Busey, he has a secret Snapchat um, where he has members and and um, it's called the Sausage Castle. You can look it up. And it's a really crazy place. A lot of crazy parties happen there. And um, he has these weekend long holiday parties. He does one for Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, uh, St. Patrick's Day. And uh, there's always like, well, recently, because he bought a wrestling ring, uh, there, there's always like matches from uh, rest local indie wrestlers as well as like sometimes they have big time wrestlers. That's what I'm referencing. We might see the NWO there. Um, uh, and I will be on the card for that show, but I will also be getting ready to do on his secret snap, a little reality show in which people can challenge me to events, anything, video games, basketball, cricket, fishing, cricket, anything, literally anything. I don't know if you know this. I I accept the challenge. If you win, you get a hundred bucks from me, not from the show, never from me. You, if you lose, I get to do something really embarrassing to you. All right, all right. I don't know if you know this, but I happen to be a champion curler, so oh. might uh, have to line something up. Might, might be it. might have to line something up. I'm, I'm taking on all challenges. I like it because I, like I and and the 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 little vignette we're gonna do is gonna be like the old Mr. Perfect vignettes. <laughs> Um, I, that's perfect. Only the greatest vignette that's ever. Tremendous, <laughs> tremendous, man. That's tremendous. I'm all in. All right, at AJ Francis 410 on uh, social media. Check him out there. Uh, Aaron, uh, just go through the whole thing. You know what you do. Yep. Uh, I am on Twitter at the AO Stir. The show is on Twitter at Jobbing Out Show. You can also email us, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Probably not going to be writing anything this weekend. It is my birthday, so I'm going to be out drinking a lot. But who knows? Maybe I'll drunkenly write something. So. Keep an eye out for it on the Baltimore Sun. All right, very good. Uh, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is where you find me. Thanks again to Aubrey Edwards' girl, Hebner, for joining us. That was awesome. Uh, appreciate her doing that. For Aaron Oster and for... The main event. Vent, 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 I'm going to wait for you. God damn it. AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.